broadcasting before and probably after the rapture. It's the Drew Marshall Show. gentlemen, Maggie Rowe is a comedy writer, and uh, you might remember her from such shows as Arrested Development, Flaked for Netflix. You're pretty excited about Flaked for Netflix, aren't you, Jay? I don't even know. (laughs) (laughs) Jay. Uh, But one of our interns is quite excited that Maggie Rowe is on the show. She's the author of Sin Bravely, a memoir of spiritual disobedience. As a young girl, Maggie Rowe took the idea of salvation very seriously and started dating Kirk Cameron. <laughs> Just kidding. Um, growing up in a uh, moderately religious household, her fear of eternal damnation turned into a childhood terror that drove her to become an outrageously dedicated born-again Christian. <laughs> Regularly singing Bible verses in cutthroat scripture memorization competitions and assaulting strangers at shopping malls with the good news that they were going to hell. Finally, at 19, she was crippled by her fear. She checked herself into an evangelical psychiatric facility, which is an oxymoron. Yeah. Uh, and uh, that is where her uh, journey really began. Surrounded by a ragtag cast of characters, including a former biker meth head struggling with anger management issues, a set of identical twins tormented by erotic fantasies, a World War II veteran, an artist of denial. Does that mean he painted the river? Uh, who insists he in Egypt, that he's only locked up for a tune-up. Locked up for a tune-up. And a warm and upbeat chronic depressive who became the author's closest ally. <laughs> wow. I want to stop reading this and actually bring in the lady into the... The lady into... Lady! Into Hello! The, into the conversation. Hi, Maggie. How are you? Uh, I'm good. I've been listening to past episodes of your show and have been enjoying it. And I love that you love the song, Go Tell It on the Mountain. Not a popular favorite. Not a popular favorite at all. It's a great tune. But have you heard James Taylor's version? No, actually. Okay. No. You gotta. You gotta do that. You gotta go there. Okay. Why are you not? A, are you a James Taylor hater? No, I'm actually. Actually, my husband and I's uh, third date. We went to see James Taylor. So I'm far from a James Taylor hater. I just. Yeah. I do not know his "Go Tell It on the Mountain" version. Yeah, he has my new favorite uh, Christmas album. I went from Bing Crosby to James Taylor, so a bit of a hyper leap. No, not really, because you got David Bowie in there too. Yeah. Oh, There's I see. A connection. That's the segue you're making. Yeah. Genre. Yeah, uh, Maggie Rowe. Maggie Rowe, you are a walking anomaly in so many ways. Are you not? Would you not call yourself that? I love that title. I've never been called that, but yes, I would. I would love that. It means <laughs> I have the facilities to get somewhere, and I have contradictions. So. Yes. Yes. <laughs> nice compliment. 
Um, how much did it cost you to get Bill Maher to endorse your book? <laughs> what is what? What is that noise coming out of you right now? Can we talk about your laugh, please? What is that? Bill Maher introduced my husband and I. Actually, that's how we met. Really? Yes. Here's the little story. Okay. Is my best friend was in town. We've been best friends since we were seven, and she wanted to see an episode of Politically Incorrect. And she said, you know what? I bet I can get Bill Maher to buy me a beer tonight. <laughs> and I was like, now. Like, what? We're in the audience. Bill sends his assistant over at the end of the show to ask my best friend, hey, do you want to go to the after party? Um, <laughs> Bill would like to meet you. <laughs> then the guy looked at me and said, uh, I guess you could come too. <laughs> <laughs> and then Bill called my husband, and uh, Jimmy, my husband, always says that he said the five words that changed his life, which was, you take the tall one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 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 so, yeah. <laughs> yeah, anyway, the long story, I didn't pay him to endorse the book, but he's, he's we, as much as he is anti-religion, I, I mean, I'm not anti-religion, uh, he is um, against literalism in yeah. the same way that I am, so that. Well, okay, so when Religious first came out, I, I praised it greatly on this show. And, um, you did. And because there's a lot of a lot of God people that listen to the show, they were kind of astounded that I would praise something like that so greatly. But I, that this is my, this is why, okay, are you at your computer right now, Maggie Rowe? Yes, I am. Can you go to this website for me, please? Can you type this in? You ready? Yes. I'll just, uh, to, yeah. to hellwithreligion.com. Wow. And let me know what comes up. Wow. I got it. Oh, there we go. Jumping. I got it. Who is that hefty hunk of steam and junk helping you out in the background there? That's some good. Oh, that's my husband. <laughs> Look at that guy. Wow. He's cute, huh? And you guys, you guys are actually within uh, the, the correct numerical distance to be a good partnership, to be a, a, a couple that we would look at and go, hey, you guys match. You know, because some people you look at and you go, whoa, she's a nine and he's a six. That doesn't work. <laughs> whoa, really? So you think we're kind of we're kind of equal in that? Yeah. Yeah, you getting my blush. I'm oh, blushing. <laughs> <laughs> um, this is great about doing the Skype calls on radio. Is I get to see uh, how messy the room is behind her right now. So. <laughs> it's my books. It's all my books. It's my books. Okay, Jerry. It's my books. Uh, Tim, sorry, my engineer Tim likes to kind of get in on uh, these interviews, even though he's not welcome. Tim. Yes, um, Michael Sarah was at my school the year. He was there for a semester, and then he left halfway through the year because he was uh, discovered and started to work on Arrested Development. Oh! Wow. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. She, she doesn't have much more to say other than, oh, see? This is, <laughs> that's okay. Something to say, and I was deciding it's kind of cool. it was an appropriate thing to say. I, I knew Mike before he was what? famous. Why? She's checking out with her, with her hubby. Should I say this? Should what? I not? I mean, he was amazing to work with in the room. He was one of the... He... Um, this last season that should be starting very soon in about two weeks. 
Right. Uh, he's been in the writer's room, and he's an awesome writer. As well. As um, well. So can we just get back to you for a second? Do you mind, Tim? Can we just uh, do... It's, yeah, no, no, it's it's Maggie's time. Do what we're paid for here. Um, Maggie, is he still an atheist, that sexy man there? What's going on? Like, that's what I read in that you married a, a an atheist. True story? <laughs> do have very great questions is my sexy man an atheist um we'll see I, how this phone call goes <laughs> <laughs> oh that's good um, <laughs> i would say i i i don't think either of us would define ourselves as atheist although i know that there's a political element to defining yourself as an atheist that is very productive. But it kind of goes against, like, I don't want to define myself by a negative. Yeah. <laughs> I'm an anti, like, it, it, it just seems like a bummer of a way to describe myself. I could say that I'm anti-short because I'm <laughs> tall, but I don't know why I want to emphasize the negative. So if I was to summarize your journey, you grew up in, in uh, you know, Jesus stuff. And yeah. and then you, for whatever reason, took some of the Jesus stuff pretty seriously, including the hell component, yes. and became a, an irritating Jesus person. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I would say <laughs> if you had met me in my Jesus stage, you would think that I was fanatical but very considerate (laughs) (laughs) like like if i were going to try to convert you so let's do it right now like why not okay so let's let's play that through right now let's let's flash back to when you were dating kirk cameron and you (laughs) you would you would approach me uh at huntington beach where kirk and and kirk and his friend ray comfort hang out (laughs) yeah um do you think about do you think that short term short term goals are better than long term goals or would you rather concentrate on the finite or the infinite are you kidding me that's your opener (laughs) (laughs) you're wearing a tank top at the time (laughs) (laughs) oh i'm in i'm all in (laughs) i'm 17 yeah yeah okay now that's just creepy and wrong um um, I, I, let's, okay. Um, do you think that vampires live forever? Uh, sorry, let's go to Elise. Elise, our intern, says yes. Duh, of course they do. Yeah. Um, so do you think that you live forever? Um, no, but vampires aren't really real, right? So that's, so I'm real and I, I probably don't live forever. No. Do you know for sure that vampires aren't real? Uh, no, but I also no. don't know for sure whether Mr. Trump's hair breeds itself. Totally. So you don't know whether you individually will live forever. Like, you couldn't no. guarantee no. me one way or the other. No. That Yeah. yeah. So if you were going to make a bet, wouldn't you bet on the infinite rather than the finite? Do you want to get a beer? <laughs> <laughs> okay, hold on. So, so 
you got to help me. Well, more importantly, our listeners, because I want our listeners to actually get your book. Like, this isn't just a... I would we're, love to. We're yeah. supposed to get you on the show because it's a contract thing. I actually want you on my show. Um, oh, thank you. Yeah, be, I would be, love to, to get my book. No, because it's a, your story is nuts. It's just nuts. Um, and I want to know... That sounds like a compliment. Thank you so much. No, but I want to know if... Uh, like I want to know what you believe now. I really want to know. Do, and do you? Is this? Are we wrecking the ending of the book? If you tell us whether you love baby Jesus now. <laughs> My big like way out of this entire thing was to accept the fact that maybe the whole thing is real, and maybe I'm going to hell. And that's a possibility. And now I have to move on with my life with the idea that that could be real. Mm. Like it was an acceptance of uncertainty. Like 99% of me says, I'm not going to hell. <laughs> like I really don't. But there's, there's that little niggling idea. And that's what I have to live with. Right, right. So what I've discovered since I've been able to break out of the tribal conditioning that I was a part of for so long is mm -hmm. that, uh, and if you scroll down to the bottom of our index page on the first page of drewmarshall.ca, you'll see the little thing that says, doubt is more compatible with faith than certainty. Ah, great quote. Yes. Oh, there it is. Doubt is more compatible with faith than certainty. Yeah, I really do feel like that is, like, the value of uncertainty was my way out. I had a, I mean, I had a number of different uh, kind of not, not great therapists, but I had one therapist that told me Martin Luther's idea of peccafortite, which was the brave sin. And the idea was it's more important to follow your own heart um, and let the Bible, uh, uh, come behind you than to have the Bible lead you. Yeah. So this and, is this is the wise Dr. Benton that introduces you yeah, to Martin yeah. Luther's counsel to sin bravely in order that you may know the forgiveness of God. And if you have yeah. a problem with that uh, quote, uh, then take it up with Martin Luther. Um, yeah, because he was more tormented by fears of hell than probably anyone. That's why he posted those famous 95 theses. Yeah, yeah. So tell me about the strip club. I think that might be the first time I've asked that on the show. Oh! No, not at all. You know what? Nobody's asked me about that. So that makes me really happy. So the big climax of the book is... Um, <laughs> um, That's a nice I, segue. <laughs> I, it, like when I was a young girl and I would see these figures of unrepentant women on the Bible study, felt boards, Jezebel and Mary Magdalene, Ohala and Ohubala, like all, all of these different figures. I was very attracted to them, not in a sexual sense, but I like, they were cool. They had, they were wearing purple and they had gold bangles and uh, then I played a stripper when I was in college in a play by Joyce Carol Oates that Joyce Carol Oates doesn't want to talk about anymore because she's not super proud of it. It's called I Stand Before You Naked. Uh -huh. And I was the lead character in that play. There was only one character. 
and that was me. And it was a woman who had been in a strip club who had been killed by one of her regulars and had come back with bloody eyes and her strangled and dead and she was a zombie basically but she was forgiving all of these guys at the strip club so cut to i'm in the hospital i'm in art therapy and they asked me to cut out a picture from a newspaper of an image that i think is appealing but that is wrong in god's eyes so I find a picture in the Chicago Tribune of a strip club called Lookers, whose slogan was, girls, you care to see naked. Right. I mean, it's a low bar. Yeah. It's a really low bar, especially if you're a young girl. Yeah. Uh, but I mentioned it in group that I felt like, oh, this is something... <laughs> that I'm attracted to, but I don't think I should do. But I decided it was my brave sin. So I did it. I went to amateur night. I danced to Patti Smith's song, Gloria. The lyrics are, Jesus died for somebody's sins, but not mine. And I did mouth those lyrics in case you were thinking I didn't totally <laughs> <laughs> and fully go along um i also my dance moves i had i learned some time steps in the <laughs> glenview park district uh tap class hold, hold on hold on hold on hold on, hold on. <laughs> <laughs> you asked me for my strip club story okay but you just you, you story please tell me that during your your stripping endeavors you tap danced <laughs> yeah i'm saying there was some tap dancing involved <laughs> i'm saying there were some pirouettes um i'm I, singing I, in the rain <laughs> i had forgotten that the pole was um a big feature of the strip club <laughs> I just, I just hadn't thought of it. So when I saw the poll, <laughs> I went up to it and greeted it and dosy doed. <laughs> <laughs> A manner that was very friendly. I made sure to knock my knees um, against the pole as many times as I could. And, wave thank you to the guys and the club that were why, why do I have why, why do I have this impression of like the female version of Rain Man stripping you know <laughs> I'm downgrading myself a little bit okay. I have some skills <laughs> alright so but all of this all of this was really uh, like as, as funny as this whole thing is it's it, we're driving towards a point here and the point is uh, the idea of the brave sin, which is uh, my diagnosis, <laughs> was scrupulosity, and the cure for scrupulosity is doing the things that you fear that you will most be punished for, and that's the thing that will eventually free you. 
so even though my particular story was a religious story, I think there are other people that relate to um, anxiety and fear and doing things that they are afraid of. Sure. Um, sure. Man, this is stressful, this conversation. Um, <laughs> Wait, what? It's stressful? Well, because I, the, the reason it's stressful is because there's so many angles I can go in this, and there's so many things I want to talk about, but I'm also trying to turn over a new leaf. I just finished walking the Camino. I, I spent uh, three months in a vow of silence, and I'm trying to prove to people that I'm different. Um, but all I want to do is 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 go out and drink with our guests and talk more about real stuff that I'm, you know. In other words, Tim, have you ever heard me shy away from stuff? In Not at all. 13, well, I'm trying to do that now. I'm trying but to be. But no, you don't. Okay. Sin bravely. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I'm here all week. Bravely, man. Yeah, yeah. Um, you think Duran Duran rocks. Try Jesus. Are you kidding me? <laughs> that was on a t-shirt she well, wore. I Really? I didn't want to be, when I was in grade school, I didn't want to be ashamed of Jesus, so I bought these t-shirts that seemed particularly humiliating to prove to Jesus that I wasn't ashamed, like, feel the force, Jesus, or you think Madonna is sizzling, try Jesus. <laughs> wow. Uh, so I felt the more that I humiliated myself, the more I proved that I was worthy of um, eternal reward. Okay, so um, what do you say to all of the uh, Jesus freaks that are that are out there, maybe the happy clappies that are visiting the Christian bookstores and looking for T-shirts like you, you used to wear? What do you say to them now, do you say, hey, whatever floats your boat, knock yourself out if you want to be an irritating uh, Jesus lover in the mall with your shirts and your bracelets and your and your, um, and your your attack plans and your jack chick tracks? Um, oh, the jack trick? Those were huge. That's yeah. what we gave up. Yeah. So what do you say to, to those people? Because I, I can't talk to those people without possibly breaking parole. <laughs> well, I... I feel like a lot of them are really sincere and they're following their heart. They're following their gut. And I was not. That was the exact opposite of what I wanted to do. I didn't want to convert anyone. I didn't want to tell anyone that I thought that my God was better than their God. I, I feel like it is the follow your intention. Like, and if that's your intention, like, if you really want to convert people in the mall, I think that's great. Come I just on, didn't. I was horrified by it. Oh. But I did it anyway. And that creates a, an internal conflict, you know, double yeah. bonds yeah. or whatever. Yeah. So, um, I, this is really wrong of me. I think I need to just go back to the Camino <laughs> because... I, all it's so interesting for me. I actually normally I don't give a holy grunt where people are at, you know what they believe these days. I want to know why people believe what they believe. Uh, that's more important to me. But I but wanting to know what you believe is so interesting for me. And I think it's because I we share a similar past. Like I used to listen to you know st sermons about backward masking and try to scare the hell out of my campers at a Christian camp, which is a beautiful thing to do. Um, <laughs> and. Um, 
and I, you know, all this stuff is really resonating with me, but I look back on it now with a sense of, of vitriol, with a sense of, like, I ju- it just angers me that I, that I was sold garbage, that I ate the garbage, and that I regurgitated the garbage. It bugs me. And you're, you're seeming all kumbaya about this. Wow. I don't know. That's an interesting thing for me to consider. I haven't thought about that. Uh, I was so angry for so many years. Um, I did a production of, uh, I don't know if you know what Hell Houses are. Yep. Of course. Of course. Uh, But uh, 10 years ago, I convinced the the guy that created Hell Houses uh, in Dallas that I had a youth group in Hollywood and I wanted to bring fear of hell into the belly of the beast good for you Uh, good for me yes so i convinced him to give me the rights to do this hell house it's like a haunted house you see all the different people their different sins and then they're tortured in hell forever and bill maher was uh satan who was jesus uh andy richter Was or we we had different we had different rotating people. David Cross. David David Cross. Dave Thomas. Dave Thomas. Oh, beauty, beauty, yeah, yeah, Um, but it was a it was a time that I was really really angry at the and I still am, but I I do feel like that was part of my sinning bravely to produce this full fledged. Haunted House. Hollywood Hell House. Hollywood Hell House. Uh, uh, but but I've, I, I do feel like I've grown through the years to be a little bit less angry um, hmm. at it and just go, people are trying. They're doing their best. This is their... This is their best shot. You know? But your, your life... Your life um, basically gave Bill Maher all of his material. Uh, oh, me? Oh, no, not at all. <laughs> no, but you know what I'm saying. I mean, the, the stuff you did, the life you led, the, the shtick that you were all about is, is really what, and this is why you, the three of us, you, myself, and Bill Maher, are sort of all resonating here because we're, we're, we're raising our hand and we're calling BS on the whole thing, right? We're kind of going, yeah, come on, this is not, you know, I've read the thing and the thing doesn't say anything about T-shirts or whatever. It's the, it's the literalism element of it and it's in everything. And it's even, I created a fake religion. Um, I shouldn't say fake. It's uh, very legitimate. I created a religion called Pure Sphere. Um, and the religion slogan is, uh, if you've ever wanted something that you did not have, then Purisphere is for you. (laughs) 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 But it's the literal version of the New Age movement. I feel like every religion has that component of it that has these literal promises and there's the Christian component, there's the Jewish component, there's the new age component, there's all of it. But if, um, if if you've ever like thought I should be constantly happy and perpetually fulfilled 
and it's not happening for me, then Pyrosphere is for you. <laughs> oh, man. Wow. I, I've got way too many questions here way too many i'm looking at the clock going on we're over time and you know, oh, okay, you know, okay. the whole thing um okay let me just do the proper uh, plugging stuff here ladies and gentlemen we're on the phone on the phone on the on the show here with maggie Rowe on a little thing called skype which we found on the google uh comedy writer uh extraordinaire uh, author of sin bravely a memoir of spiritual disobedience i would say one of the most challenging yet gracious reads that i have come across in a long time you actually lead with grace and and you can pick this up in the oh, sorry i've picked it up in this interview as well i was hoping you'd be Aww. a bitter angry twisted fool but you're just beautifully gracious and <laughs> what a nice compliment i love drew <laughs> <laughs> that's what i was going for that makes one of you oh. Come on, you got it. Um, and to have uh, Jill Soloway, uh, you know, write the big endorsement here. Jill was on our show a few years ago, and big fan of her heart as well. You guys, are you guys pals? Do you shop together? Do you do, yeah, do you get yeah, pedicures? Yeah. <laughs> she started Sit and Spin, which is the spoken word at, at the show at Comedy Central that I produced for the last fourteen years. Which makes sound old i don't know why i'm giving you know <laughs> it's been two years what are you talking <laughs> it's about it's been you? a great two years <laughs> i'm in my late 20s and, yeah it's just great that i wrote this book so soon after my struggle <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, okay. Let's let's just push pause there and send people to the website and uh, and have them spend money on you. It's uh, MaggieRoeAuthor.com. Maggie Rowe with a with an e uh, at the at the end of Rowe, not somewhere else. Uh, MaggieRoeAuthor.com. And again, the book, folks, is uh, uh, "Sin Bravely: A Memoir of Spiritual Disobedience." Ah, oh, man, I am a fan. I I didn't really care about you before this interview. Now I do. I totally care about you after listening to We've Got to Sing, Go Tell It on the Mouth. <laughs> no, we have a better song to go with. Have a listen to this. Folks. <laughs> Short break. We'll be right back. Stay with us. Higher Ground Cafe in beautiful Bell Fountain. Come for the coffee. Stay for the nature. <laughs> 